What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Monday, the 11th day of September, and certainly September 11th, a day that will always have a special meaning in the United States of America. Now, as for the weekend in South Florida that we just had, wow. It could not have gone any better. Yesterday, the Miami Dolphins with a thrilling win. What a game. Entertainment-wise, a fantastic game. As a Dolphins fan, you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But it's edge-of-your-seat stuff. Some of you, I knew people, were at the game. Some of you in this audience may have been at the game. Took the red eye. You know, it's easy to go to those games in California. Sure, it's a long flight, but you have the time difference, so you take the red eye and then you're back in South Florida at like 7 a.m. So some of you got to experience that game in person. It was a thrilling victory in the end for your Miami Dolphins, and you better believe I'm going to talk a lot about that this hour. We also had the University of Miami with a statement victory on Saturday. I enjoyed watching that one. At the beginning, I think we were all like, oh boy, here we go again. Lots of blunders, but in the end, an impressive W for Mario Cristobal and the Canes. We also had the Miami Marlins win yesterday, and that meant they took two out of three from the Phillies in Philadelphia. That's monstrous right now. 19 games to go for the Marlins, and they are right there in that wild card race. We also had Inter-Miami. They picked up a win, and Messi wasn't even in the country. So, yeah, I would say all good vibes around South Florida sports today. I have been looking forward to this day, the Monday after the first football Sunday, the Monday after the first Dolphins game. I've been looking forward to it because the day after a Miami Dolphins game, especially the first one, it's always one of the best shows of the year. So many of you are tuned in right now, even more than usual, because it's football season. Whether the Dolphins won or not, you're coming here, but it's so much better when they pile up W's. And the only way to pile up W's is to get one. You you can't start piling them up if you get a loss. It's like, okay, we're piling up W's. No, you start with one, and then you start a pile. And I'm not going to get into their next matchup just yet. I mean, I may mention it in a little bit, but it's all about yesterday. And the reason today is even so much better than just a Monday after the first football Sunday of the season. It's not just Monday. For Dolphins fans, it is a victory Monday. Victory! 36-34. Anybody who had the over in that one uh, was pretty happy. Of course, you couldn't have the over legally, at least not in the state of Florida. But very soon, you will be able to have the over legally. You could also take the under legally. 
or the point spread legally or the money line legally or a parlay legally or a teaser legally or even a pleaser? I don't know. Do they offer pleasers? Prop bets? And no, a pleaser is not like you going to a massage parlor at halftime. That's, I mean, maybe you call that a pleaser. And for those of you in the audience wondering, what is he talking about? I'm just talking about getting a nice massage at the half because you're stressed out. So people go to massage parlors, get a nice massage, just relax a little bit, maybe like a 10 or 12 minute massage. And then you're there for the second half. That would be a pleaser. But there's also wagers called pleasers. I mean, if you're wagering on pleasers, you've got to be <laughs> not really at expert level, but could be degenerate level. There's a bet for everyone, and very, 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 very soon, you will be able to do that legally in the state of Florida. And I will let you know more very soon about that. I don't want to get you so amped up like, oh my gosh, what is he what is he talking about? I'm not talking about this week, okay? I'm not talking about next week. But just stay tuned. I will give you the Slater's scoop. I promise. As soon as I know, you will know. But I'm not all amped up for nothing, okay? Just Believe me on that. Part of me is amped up because it's a Monday after the first football Sunday. And I'm doing the show. I'm, I'm still here on this Monday in Medellin. So I was watching all the games here. And the international NFL game pass for me worked out perfect. It was fantastic. There was barely any delay whatsoever. And I don't know if there were that many issues with YouTube. For those of you that got the NFL ticket with YouTube, I don't know what your experience was like, but you could send me a tweet if you want, at Andy Slater, and let me know. I know it's not Twitter anymore, but, I mean, what else are you sending me? Sending me a, a post? You could send me a post on X. That sounds terrible. 36-34, though, that doesn't sound terrible. A great game for the Dolphins in the end in Los Angeles. That game, it was so Chargers. It's like every single Chargers game you'll ever see. They just, (laughs) it's a weird team over there. But the results for the Miami Dolphins, not only is it a W, it's a conference win. A nice win on the road against a really good team. And I mentioned something last week. And I'll remind you what I said again right now, or maybe you didn't hear it. This game, even though it's one game and it's the first game of the season, I felt that this game for Miami was very important. Not for talking heads, but for a tiebreaker. Because in the end, come week 17 or 18, the Dolphins could be fighting for a playoff spot against the Chargers. And let's say it's just the two of them fighting for one spot. You look at the head-to-head, they only play each other once, and now the Dolphins have that head-to-head. I know that's thinking way down the line, 
But if it does come down to that, it's week 18, you see, wait a minute, you know what? We beat the Chargers week one. And then you realize how big of a W this really was. A spectacular start to the Miami Dolphins season. Fantastic stuff. So today, right now this hour, a lot of the focus will definitely be on the Miami Dolphins. It won't be the only thing I discuss, but it will be the main the main thing on the menu. It's the it's the entree. It's not the appetizer. Actually, it is. It's the appetizer and the entree. And then I'll get to a little dessert, maybe an, an after dinner drink. Some of you thought you might have to have a lot of drinks after watching this game against the Chargers, especially after Jason Sanders missed that extra point. You might have been uh, getting the bottles uh, very close to you. But in the end, what a defensive stand by the Dolphins when they really needed it. And the real reason, the main reason we know why the Dolphins won, Tua and Tyreek. An incredible duo, Tua and Tyreek. Just wow. So I do have a lot to get to this hour, but I can't get to any of it until the hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. Tyreek Hill is incredible. I think that is the first and most important point of yesterday's entire game. The way you can really break down this game from yesterday, you had a superstar player doing a lot of superstar stuff. And that's why the Miami Dolphins won. Tyreek having 11 catches for 215 yards and two touchdowns, including the game-winning TD. That's nuts. It's like the Miami Heat winning when Jimmy scores 45. There's not a whole lot to analyze there. You had a superstar player doing superstar things. But this is the National Football League. This is the Miami Dolphins. You better believe there's more than I'm going to analyze First, let's, let's remember something. There was a thought during the offseason, particularly in the last couple of months, that Tyreek Hill may not even be able to play week one. The whole Marina incident. Now, from the get-go, my reporting on that, I told you it was a nothing burger. Everything that I had been told it was a nothing burger. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. Nothing to see here. And in the end, that's exactly what everybody found out. The National Football League took zero action against Tyreek Hill for that Marina incident. People thought, maybe, even after seeing the video, that maybe Tyreek would be suspended for one game. It's a good thing he wasn't. It's a good thing that was a nothing burger. That wasn't even the only thing Tyreek said or did in the offseason that got people talking. 
Tyreek said he's going for 2,000 yards. And when people heard that, they're like, what's this guy talking about? I mean, he's the best wide receiver in the league, but come on, 2,000 yards? Well, right now, Tyreek is at 215 one weekend. So he's on pace just for fun. It's like when somebody hits two home runs in the first game of the MLB season. Oh, they're on pace for 324 homers this year. Tyreek is on pace, because why not, for more than 3,600 yards. That's if he were to get 215 all 17 games. Now, I'm fairly certain he's not going to do that. But my goodness, when you see what he did yesterday, he absolutely could get 2,000 yards. And it wasn't just what he did. It's when he did it. The Dolphins are down in the fourth quarter. Clearly, the final drive for them. Third and 10. Maybe the best throw I've ever seen to a make. He scrambles out. He throws it down to Tyreek for a huge completion. And then the game-winning touchdown. Just a perfectly placed football by Tua. When you look at the numbers, Tua and Tyreek accounted for more than 50 of the 70 yards on the last drive. Just remarkable. Think about two things that happened with Tua yesterday. And with these two things, Tua is absolutely one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. One, he stayed healthy. And that matters. It was his first time on the football field playing in a real game since Christmas. That's when he was concussed against the Green Bay Packers. So one, he's healthy. And this one is very big. He wasn't sacked all game. Remember, there were issues with the offensive line. No Teron Armstead either. What's going to happen with this O-line? How's Tua going to be protected? And the O-line, they did have issues. There were several bad snaps. That's got to be cleaned up. There were a few big holding penalties too. But Tua did not get sacked. And if no one is sacking Tua, that means he's out there playing. And if Tua is out there playing, forget it. He's going to light up the opposing team. Now, the reason Tua didn't get sacked is it all about the offensive line. I do wonder how much of the lack of sacks against Tua was the O-line and how much was actually him. Just him being out there avoiding the rush. Or was it the play calling? I'm not going to complain that Tua had a clean pocket most of the day. But I do think it's important for the Miami Dolphins to put their finger on it because the goal should be to replicate it. So if it was the O-line, if that's what the Dolphins believe, okay, let's do it again. If it was Tua just avoiding the rush, okay, Tua, continue to do exactly what you're doing. If it was the play calling, all right, we need to have very similar play calling. 
So when I bring up the fact that Tua did not get sacked and why it's important to find out why he didn't get sacked, I don't think it should be said, well, what's the difference why he didn't get sacked? He didn't get sacked. That's fantastic. There is a difference because whatever it was that was working, you want to continue to do the same exact thing. Tua not being hit, it's not going to happen every single game, but the more he can avoid that rush, you've got less of a worry about him being injured. The big picture of that game yesterday was exactly how it played out. It was back and forth. Neither team was really able to stop the other. The Chargers, they were pounding it on the ground. The Dolphins, they were doing it through the air. At first, the differentiator was the Dolphins had two turnovers. A fumbled snap, gosh. And then Tua getting picked in the end zone. But then the Miami Dolphins defense made one stand, and that was it. One good possession, and that was the ball game. I'm not taking anything away from the Dolphins. They clearly won that game themselves. But I will say the Chargers do dumb things. I'm watching that game, and I'm like, what in the world are they doing? Some really dumb plays. Like I was just saying, they were doing so well on the ground. The run game was fantastic. They got the ball with like nine, nine and a half minutes to go. They could have just ran and the clock would have continued to run. They get to midfield because that's what they were doing. They were just running the ball. They get to midfield and all of a sudden they want to start throwing the ball. So that gave the Miami Dolphins more time on the clock. I'm like, gosh, okay, this is great for Miami. But the Chargers are just being so dumb. They were giving the Dolphins really big favors. I I don't understand why. Another one was when there was two seconds left in the first half, Tua heaves one down the field for the heck of it because you never know if the other team's going to do something stupid, and that's exactly what the Chargers did. Pass interference, that gave the Dolphins three points. And in the end, the Dolphins won by two. And that Tua interception, that was a bad throw. Probably trying to do too much. The Chargers pick it off in the end zone. You just take a knee. Instead, they run the ball out of the end zone. They get tackled at like the two or the three. Cater Kohu ends up with a huge sack, almost a safety. The Chargers punt. The Dolphins get the ball at the 35 And then two at a Tyreek touchdown just like that. If the Chargers take a knee in the end zone, that probably doesn't happen. Dolphins aren't going to get the ball at the 35. And then at the end, on the Chargers' last drive, they catch a huge break because Jason Sanders misses the extra point. Dolphins fans, you're like, don't even let this guy back on the 747. Don't. Let him on that plane. Don't even let him come back to Miami. Would have been a three-point game. Now it's only a two-point lead. So the Chargers just need to go down and get a field goal to win the game. They got two timeouts. They got enough time. Justin Herbert 
has a costly intentional grounding. Such a bad play. He had a running back in the area, just spike it to the ground. That's not grounding. Instead, he airs one out, grounding, loss of down, 10 yards, loss of momentum, loss of the game. I am telling you, any one of those plays, if they do not happen, the Dolphins, they may not win. But that's the way the Chargers always play. Watch them next week and the week after that. It'll be a high-scoring game. It'll be wild, and they'll do dumb things. But credit to the Miami Dolphins. Because you can have the other team doing dumb things. doesn't mean you're going to take advantage of them. Those three plays were decisive. And the Miami Dolphins took advantage of every single one of them. If they didn't, this hour right now, it'd be a lot different. During that game, I know we were focused a lot on Tua and Tyreek. And they were the stars, no doubt. Stars of the league. Week one, forget about it. Nobody better than Tua and Tyreek. And I haven't even seen the game tonight. None of us have. The Jets and the Bills, it's Tua and Tyreek. End of story for week one. So a lot of the focus is on that. But I want to get to the conversation of the Miami Dolphins' defense. This was the first game for Vic Fangio as Miami Dolphins' defensive coordinator. And there's a lot that I have to say about the performance of the Miami Dolphins' defense yesterday. Now, you could tell by my tone there, oh boy, this isn't going to be good. But don't just go by my tone there. It's hard to be on the same level when you go from discussing Tua and Tyreek to the Miami Dolphins' defense. I mean, you can't be that excited. But don't take it as if, geez, in just a few minutes, Andy's going to be back and he's going to rip the Dolphins' defense. Not necessarily. You'll hear what I have to say about the Dolphins' D in just a couple of moments. Right now, you need to hear what I've got to say about... They are beautiful when you walk in the doors to Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, and you will see that for yourself. Dean's Gold is the ultimate gentleman's club for a reason. That's because the gorgeous ladies that you'll be surrounded by, they come from all over the world. So many different countries are represented at Dean's Gold. You will have yourself an incredible night or even early morning. That's because Dean's Gold is open every single day from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 a.m. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard. That's in North Miami Beach. Have yourself an incredible Monday night. You could watch the game there. And even if the game isn't good, you will be entertained. Or even on an early Tuesday morning, surround yourself with beautiful women who come from all over the world. There's only one place in South Florida you could do that. It is the ultimate gentleman's club, Dean's Gold. The Slater Scoops Poker Tournament, it is coming up one week from tomorrow I will be at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, 
and I hope you'll be there as well, in the poker room Tuesday night, September 19th. There will be a minimum of $10,000 in the prize pool. That's the guarantee. It's only 150 bucks to buy into my poker tournament. It takes place every month in the poker room at the Hard Rock in Hollywood. 6 p.m. cards will be in the air. If you get out of work late or maybe you got to fight a little bit of traffic, you know how South Florida is. It's all good because you can register until exactly 8 55 p.m. Normally, I say 8.45 because it's just easier. But the exact time you could go to the window and get a ticket to get in the tournament would be 8.55 p.m. So cards will be in there at 6. You could register until 8.55. $10,000 guaranteed in the prize pool. I hope to see you there Tuesday night, September 19th. It is the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Tua and Tyreek yesterday, fantastic. That's probably an understatement. The Miami Dolphins defense with Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator. Game number one for him with the Dolphins. The run defense was terrible. There's no good words to say about the run defense. Going into this game, you knew one of the storylines, Tua versus Herbert. Well, the Chargers didn't really ask Herbert to do all that much because the running game was cooking. Austin Eckler and even his backup just pounded the football. The Miami Dolphins had no answer to that. There was zero resistance. It was so bad, the run D. And that's on the whole unit. Whatever... Vic Fangio is trying to do with this Dolphins D. It did not show up until basically the last two plays. Those were beautiful. Back-to-back sacks, Jalen Phillips being disruptive. It was unreal. That Dolphins defense in those last couple of plays, fantastic. You're like, wow, when... They needed to come through at the most important time. They did. In the end, you could say that's all that matters. But wouldn't you like it to be more like that more often? Before that, it was just a slow match down the field. Now, that defense couldn't do what they did in that last drive because in that last drive, Justin Herbert had to throw the ball before that. He just had to hand it off, and when you can't stop the run, what are you going to do? You're the Chargers. What are you going to do? You're just going to continue to run the ball. Miami can't stop it. I'm just going to keep running it. Maybe the Miami Dolphins' pass defense, when they really need to go after the quarterback, will be there like it was on those last two plays, being very disruptive. But the rest of the game, anytime the Chargers wanted to go down the field, they would just do it at their own will. Here's, here you go. Hand off. Here you go. Here's another seven yards. Here's 12. Here's 10. That's got to improve. Because I can assure you, the Dolphins' next opponent, New England, they're going to see that. And the Miami Dolphins, they're going to see a steady dose of runs 
from the Patriots until Miami's D could stop it. That's the challenge on Miami's defense. Because in terms of putting things on tape, even though there's no more tape, but the video, the Dolphins put a lot of bad run defense out there for teams to see. They're all going to see that. Every team gets your video. And they're also going to see when they do want to throw the ball. I hope this was just a one-game thing, but let's throw it towards Xavier Howard. He did not have a good afternoon. X had a few penalties in a game where the passing game was a distant second for the Chargers. It was kind of surprising to see one of the best corners on this Dolphins roster struggle so much. But that's what happened with him yesterday. Now, on the other side of the ball, going back to the offense, because the only thing about the offense I really discussed was Tua and Tyreek, because that's what should be discussed. But what about the Miami Dolphins running game? Raheem Mostert, he did what had to be done, but I don't think you could say the Dolphins run game was a factor. Partially because how do you go away from Tua when he's cooking like that? Why would you go away from him? He threw for 466 video game numbers. So it's hard to say let's establish Raheem Mostert when dang near every time two is dropping back and something good is happening. The only times, and maybe there were three of them. I wanted to say two, but I think there were three. The only times that I saw Tua not perform well is when it looked to me like he was just throwing a duck in the air. There were a couple of passes that were short. But when he was thrown to the middle of the field, when he really targeted Tyreek and, and threw lasers at him, it, it was just unreal. What, what more can I say? I'm sure this season, and it could even start next week, I'm sure there, there probably will be some balance where it's pass, run, run, pass, run, run. But when you have a game like you did yesterday – when your quarterback is on a heater and he's not missing Tyreek, you just got to keep him going. And Durham Smythe, Jalen Waddle, that's not a bad strategy. Hey, this is working. Let's continue to do it. Just like the Chargers. They were running the ball. It's working. Let's continue to do it. Even though we got Justin Herbert and he's a really good quarterback, we're running the football and we're picking up chunks of yardage at a time. So why change anything? The only change I could have wished for in that game yesterday, that booth, just listening to that game, Kevin Harlan and Trent Green, especially Kevin Harlan. I know a lot of people may like Kevin Harlan. I don't got anything against him personally. I've never met him. But just the, the way he calls the game, not only sometimes being overexcited and yelling, just, I felt like there were a lot of mistakes and confusion. I wasn't a fan of the booth. They could both be great individuals. But I just thought the call of that game yesterday could have been better. If, if we're going to get, you know, real picky, that's what I got to bring up. 
I don't want people to think I'm a homer here talking so much positivity. It's funny. On the show or online, you say so many good things, you're a homer. You say bad things, you're a hater. You can't just be giving your opinion based on what you really believe. I mean, heck, you know this show is always all about honesty. So that's all I'm doing. I'm just being honest. I'm always honest on here about everything that I discuss. Just like I'll be honest in the next segment when I talk about the Miami Hurricanes football team. Because I have a lot to say about what I saw Saturday from the Canes coached by Mario Cristobal. I've also got a lot to say about racing at Gulfstream Park. You could wager on it, and I'll tell you how. Gulfstream Park in Hollandale Beach, a great place to be on a live race day. And they've got live racing every single week. It is their Royal Palm Meet going on right now at Gulfstream Park. When I go to Gulfstream, I go to their trackside restaurant, Ten Palms. Get a table, sit down, have a fantastic meal, watch the races live right in front of me, and of course I make some wagers. You could wager as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. If you can't get out to Gulfstream Park, you could still wager on the races at Gulfstream Park or from anywhere across the country. Completely legal to do in the state of Florida. And it's easy. Just download the First Bet app. The First Bet app is the official wagering app of Gulfstream Park. Two huge W's from our football teams in Miami. On Saturday, the Miami Hurricanes, that was really nice. I know the story going into the game was the tickets, and I was posting a lot about that on my X feed, formerly Twitter. The Canes were giving out ticket deals, buy one, get one offers. The prices towards a kickoff lower level were like 25 bucks on StubHub. So going into the game, that was the story. But the story coming out of the game was how the Canes handled the Aggies. And Tyler Van Dyke was really good. First game of the season, the Canes rushed for 250 yards. In this one on Saturday, TVD threw for five touchdowns. That is a major statement against an SEC team. Just a big win for the Canes. And in terms of the physicality, which I think going into the game was a big question, how the Canes would handle the big guys on the other side. Texas A&M basically has an NFL-sized O-line, and both lines, offensive and defensive for UM, they performed very well. They hung around with Texas A&M. After the game, TVD made a great point. And I was surprised to hear him say this, because he usually doesn't say a whole lot. Now, we know the Canes were down 17-7, but TVD was like, hey, we just kept fighting, and last year's team probably would have quit. Last year when we were down, our team probably would have quit. Would have just mailed it in and said, whatever, this is an L. But during the offseason, the leadership of the Canes changed. And he wasn't talking about 
coaches necessarily. He's talking about the players. Tyler Van Dyke said the players got together and discussed how this cannot keep happening. And if they take a punch in a big game, they're going to punch back. They're not going to fold. They're not going to pout. And that's exactly what happened Saturday. Because the Canes, they got hit hard at the beginning. They were messing up. And like I said a little while ago, I'm watching that game Saturday. You see these errors. You see A&M with a 17-7 lead. And you're just like, oh, geez, here we go again. But the Canes, they fought back, and then they just put it to A&M. Tyler Van Dyke had some next-level throws, big touchdown passes, and they were able to storm back in the second half. A great victory by the University of Miami. Very well needed. Now they're going to be back in action Thursday night at Hard Rock Stadium, taking on Bethune-Cookman. It'll be nice to get two W's in less than five days, and I don't anticipate this game being even within four or five touchdowns. Canes should 100% handle business against Bethune-Cookman. There's no question about it. And their upcoming schedule is a little lighter. So Miami could find itself 5-0 and before it blinks. Then the show moves to North Carolina to take on the Tar Heels. And that's where things will get very interesting. But for now, UM, they are back in the top 25. And fans are feeling really good about a big win on Saturday. And as I tweeted out, I'm going to have a difficult time going from saying tweeted to posted or X, I don't know. But on my X feed, and this got a, a lot of love as it should have, I said the Miami Hurricanes look like a completely different football team in Mario Cristobal's second year. And that's the absolute truth right there. They look so different. And I'm so glad that I was surprised by this performance. Because the previous season, everybody was so hyped up. Mario was hyping everybody up. And the Canes did terrible. This offseason, it was much quieter. And I wasn't sure the exact reason why it was quieter. Was it because Mario wasn't so confident in this team or was it because there were lessons learned we're just going to be quiet and we're going to show everybody what's up and so far that's what I tend to think something else I think and I know you can retire early you might be thinking Slater how am I going to retire now well, I'm not saying you could retire tomorrow, but you want to start that planning if you haven't already. And that's why I continue to tell you about Trajan Wealth. They're local in Palm Beach, and Trajan Wealth, they can help you out. They can help you design a plan that's based around your goals. Not theirs, but yours. You may have traveled this summer. Now it's football season. You're working a lot. You're thinking about traveling. Well, you could travel a lot when you're retired. And that planning, if you haven't started it yet, don't wait. Start it today. Contact Trajan Wealth. 
Visit their site, trajanwealth.com. That's trajanwealth.com. Or give them a call, 561-390-1000. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. Normally, as we approach the middle of September, I'm only talking football. Normally. Maybe I would mention the Marlins, possibly. But this isn't just a mention. This is like a legit segment, albeit I don't have a ton of time left this hour. But I will take two to two and a half minutes to talk about this Marlins team because they are legit. They are fighting. They took two out of three from the Philadelphia Phillies in Philly. Yesterday's game was wild. The Marlins were down 3 nothing. They didn't have a hit into the seventh. They rally. They get the game tied at three. And then eighth inning, Brian De La Cruz launches a homer to dead center. The Marlins take a 5-3 lead. Tanner Scott comes out of the bullpen, gets a five-out save. He was really dealing, found his way out of a ninth inning jam. So the Marlins go from getting no hit to leaving Philly, winning two out of three. Huge for this baseball team. I went on to my American Airlines app and also the website, and I started looking up flights to Milwaukee. No joke, I did, because it looks like Milwaukee would be the team that faces the third wild card. That's what it looks like right now. So I was just taking a peek, putting a flight or two on hold to Milwaukee. I want to be there, and I think the Marlins can be there. 100% they could be there. Look, it's the day after the Dolphins opener, and I am talking about the Marlins. They're not the lead. They're not getting five or six minutes here, but they're getting two, two and a half, and they deserve it. They're right in the heart of the wild card race. Their games right now, 19 of them remaining, they matter big time. We know how everything has gone in South Florida in 2023. I don't need to go over the entire list. And then we saw yesterday how the Miami Dolphins started their season. So why would it be of any surprise, any type of shock at all, if the Marlins did get in the postseason? At this point and the way they're playing, I expect it. I want to travel. I'd rather go to Chicago, but... If I have to go to Milwaukee, I'll go to Milwaukee. All right, that's all the time I've got for this Monday afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your day. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.